welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 308, and it is Tuesday, December 13th, 2022. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me, as always, is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's happening, everybody? That's right, and joining us live in the uh, Codex Prime Zoom studios, uh, we have your boy, Ed, of Gamerdelphia. Welcome back, sir. What up, everyone? Good to see you guys again. It's always a pleasure to be on here. Uh, just talking, uh, you know, chit-chatting with you guys and talking about all the big things. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of big things, uh, last week we had the 2022 Game Awards uh, with a lot of a uh, lot of lot of great winners and a few surprises and some welcome uh, announcements. Some great games coming out coming down down the pike for 2023. So we're gonna get into all of those uh, all of those wonderful uh, tidbits as Carl is sharing the episode all across uh, uh, Facebook. Um, we, do, we do want to give a quick shout out to um, our friend of the show and sponsor, uh, Afton Ward of Infamous Customs. Uh, that's M-F-A-M-U Customs, where you can order all sorts of Codex Prime apparel and t-shirts, hoodies, and uh, as well as uh, customized um, designs of your choosing. Uh, feel free to uh, send a uh, give a quick shout out to uh, Afton from Infamous Customs. That's M F A M U Customs, uh, InfamousCustoms.com, as well as Infamous uh, Customs on Instagram. Uh, so yeah, man. Um, yeah, uh, Ed. Yeah. How, how's how's life? How's th- how think things in your world since your last appearance on this podcast? Uh, let's see. What has been going on? A couple things mainly. Uh, the main two things is just being able to go to cons again. So like or just full scale. So I had you know New York Comic Con back in October. Covered that with the Party Nerds. Uh, you know having the Party Nerds representation at Con. Uh, being able to be front row. Oh, excuse me, second row for both the first Super Mario Brothers movie trailer as well as the uh, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, retrospect on Halloween panels. Mm-hmm. Those were amazing experiences to be a part of because it felt like you were at something special at both of those panels. Uh, being able to see Jack Black in person was a welcome surprise at the Mario panel because he literally just stepped out on stage and the crowd just went nuts. 5,000 people didn't know he was at, like, no announcement that he was going to be there. So that's what made it amazing, which is, what you know, I have the footage of that on the uh, Gamerdelphia page. And then after that, going to PAX Unplugged, uh, which is one of my favorite conventions. It's uh, all tabletop, so like board games, card games, RPGs, all the works, and uh, just meeting up with a lot of friends that I haven't seen in the last year, uh, mostly due to like you know different work experiences, travel, etc. Um, so those were my favorite two conventions. And then getting a new job, working in IT now, um, breaking away from you know working from the state in, from the state here. So uh, you know working at a university, doing IT kind of learning how to possibly transition that into something a little bigger. Um, but those are the, those are definitely, uh, you know, big for me. Nice. Awesome. I had a big year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Been pretty good. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool, man. And um, and I know you mentioned tabletop uh, games earlier. Um, does, that, that includes also, like, uh, popular card games, like uh, Magic yeah. Gathering? Yeah. Of course, like, Magic the Gather is my big thing, but they, like, for the first time, I think, in a while, they had, like, po- like Pokemon had a big booth with full representation, uh, Flesh and Blood, they also had, uh, what else did they have? Some A couple of newer card games, I think there was one that a friend of mine was telling me about called uh, Soul Forge Fusion, which is one that was created by the creator of Magic, Richard Garfield, mm-hmm. so, uh, 
he transitioned into a newer game that also got a display um, at the show as well. Nice, oh, right on. Yeah. Go ahead, Carl. Yeah, I was just like, you know what? Now that I'm all shared up, let's get it. First of all, I gotta say this. Okay. So, a new tradition has uh, bestowed upon uh, upon Vic and I, where we uh, bet on the game awards. <laughs> Last year, I won. I had, to, I had to watch Blank Man and Meteor Man. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember that bet from, yeah. from last year. I totally remember that. And I still watch Cannibal Holocaust even if I won. <laughs> You're just like, fine, I'll do it. I was like, why the fuck not? But now <laughs> the tables have turned where I have eight, I've took away with eight, eight points mm-hmm. while Vic is this year's victor with nine yes vic victor is the victor <laughs> <laughs> just got you by one point one point, one point. wow eight to nine mm. so uh i will be watching hereditary directed by ariasta so lord knows what the hell i'm gonna get into <laughs> oh yeah it's it's a pleasant watch. You'll be fine. This is you talking, okay? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Mr. Movie Man, like, you don't know what Carl's about to think. <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of dodged a bullet, and you don't have to watch uh, The Psychic, which is off uh, your favorite um, streaming service, Tubi. Yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> have you watched a Tubi movie? No, I have not watched a Tubi movie. Not at all. I don't even... I hear about its existence, and then after a while, I'm just kind of like, all right, can I go back to watching my NFL game? Because there'd be a commercial for Tubi, and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm good now. Can I? Can you go back to the game? Yeah. Um, I say <laughs> do it. You're going to watch it before. You're going to enjoy it for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> That's always the great thing about movies like that, where you just watch it, and you're just kind of like, man, why am I watching this? And then you just... If you smile at least once during any kind of session like that, then you know you've at least found it to be worth it somehow, even if it's just for a guilty pleasure. Mm. Emphasis on the guilty. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe you can man up and just say, you know what? I watched it anyway. Nah, I'm good. Yeah, hey, Patty. <laughs> you know what to do. Give my girl a high five. <laughs> oh, she's always there for high fives. Always. <laughs> oh, always man. saying hi. But yeah, the Game Awards. Overall, what y'all think? It was a very interesting show, to say the least, for me. Um, just because it, I know going into it, they talked about it being more of a pared down show. They were gonna like kind of trim it down and do something a little different for the Game Awards. Um, and you kind of felt that with the opening speech, which you know I'm sure we'll get into that. <laughs> but. Um, it seemed like, yeah, we had the awards. We had everything that w- that the awards were going to bring in their own right. A lot of the filler with some of the announcements here and there. But overall, just it felt like, you know, the Game Awards. And it also felt like it was a full show because it was the first show with a full crowd. Right. Like this was the first show that actually did full crowd in a long time since 2019. So it's a lot different as well, um, which is a positive sign for the Game Awards. So that's good, at least. Wasn't there a full crowd last year? I don't remember if it was a full crowd or if it was like a 
like a part like a limited crowd i'm not a hundred hundred percent sure i don't remember Possibly. but i think this year for some reason i felt like it was a bit like this year i think they really they put it back in the theater if i remember correctly i think yeah. last year they did it something like a smaller one and then whatever building they were in they filled that up right. but this year i think they went back to the hollywood theater if i remember correctly yeah it, uh, yeah, it was very it was a very interesting show but damn why they do christopher they did christopher I mean, I can't say <laughs> look, they did him dirty because he was kind of talking a little too long. Look, I, look, I know people are going to clown him online and they'll be like, come on, man. Like, don't take it that seriously. You don't have to go war, you know, full on like war and peace because you won best voice acting for a video game. And it's like, no, man, like, I think for him that, you know, being a part of this role, especially something that's transcended video games in the last four years with both the the, re- the first reboot and now with Ragnarok, like he has like a kinship with the with the role and with this whole franchise and everything. So if it changed his life in some way, great, that's amazing. Like tell that story. I'm cool with, especially if they were they needed to fill time anyway because it was a three hour show, right? Not including the pre show. So it's like if you're gonna do the three hour runtime, just let them roll with it. It was like what. How long was that speech? Like nine minutes or something? It was good. It was getting about ten. Getting the ten yeah. minutes. Yeah, I mean, yes, it was severely unnecessary, but it's fine. Just let him let him live, man. He he had a blast. He felt kinship with the role. He felt like it changed his life, his family's life, the f- friends he's made. He met Al Pacino, so yeah, I know that was cool. Yeah, <laughs> Al Pacino was fine. the first presenter. <laughs> I was so surprised when I saw Al Pacino. I was like. Why are you here? Yeah, and I said the same thing. I'm like, Al Pacino, but I'm like, Al Pacino don't play no damn video games. No. He, he hasn't played a video game. The closest we got to Al Pacino in a video game was when they made that Scarface game yep. and used somebody else's voice for it. That was the closest we got. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, what, what, was some of you, what was your, like, some of your surprise winners? Funny enough, I think the biggest surprise for me... Was the fact that God of, God of War won so many awards, but did not win Game of the Year? Because it always feels like there's a trend with award shows where you always see there's always this instance where either the the, the medium that wins the most amount of awards also wins the biggest one, yeah. Or they always throw that for a loop and say, no, you get all these awards, but you don't get the biggest one. And it almost felt like it was going to be Elden Rings throughout the entire like. Not the entire way, but like going into the Game Awards, it felt like Elden Ring was going to be the chosen one because it felt like it was the chosen game for so long because it right. kept getting teased and teased at every Game Awards. It was like Jeff Keighley's like seal of approval. So in a way, it shouldn't be surprising that it won Game of the Year, depending on who's voting. But it also felt like God of War kind of should have won as well. It, it, it felt that way. I, I don't remember if it won in 2018, if it won the Game of the Year. It did. In 2018? Okay. So, I don't know. It's hard to really say. It, it was going to be a toss-up between one of those two, no matter what. Yeah, I felt like it was kind of unfair because God of War just came out in November, like early November. So, it's still fresh in everybody's mind. Whereas, like, Elden Ring, you know, that had, like, it came out in what, June? February. Yeah. February. Oh, February, yeah. yeah. I remember so, it was February. Yeah, so that game, had, you know, people had put in their 50 to 70 hours to play it and beat it, and that yeah. still had time to breathe and stuff, where it's just like, all right, we're still, we're still in the hype, mm-hmm. 
of God of War because they did the same thing with um, Red Dead Redemption too. Oh yeah, I do remember that. That like, is it true. It came out in November and it's still just like it was getting all these accolades. I'm like, yo, the game just kind of came out. I think like the cutoff the, time should be a little early because I just feel like. A, that. But that's also unfair to a lot of November games because November is always the prime season for most games to come out because they're going to hit that holiday shopping season rush. Like right. if a game comes out in December, okay, fine, don't count it. I don't care one way or the other. But it is unfair to a lot of November games because you figure a couple days before was Modern Warfare. Mm-hmm. So that also plays a factor into it as well. You see, so a lot of those bigger games use November as the launching pad for some for holiday quotas. So right. it wouldn't be fair to disqualify those releases. Um, anything later than it, like I think there was the whatever year Super Smash Brothers was nominated for awards. It came out in December of like. 2018 but then got nominated for 2019 awards and it's like okay that's stupid and a it's not it's i don't know that one was a little sketchy but whatever it's smash brothers people want smash brothers on their stage go for it right but i think that i think as soon as it won best rpg and then it won best game direction usually best game direction is usually the best sign to tell that something's winning game of the year because it's like the, the it's like that one step below like best game is like best director, like as you probably seen it with the Oscars. Yeah. Same mm-hmm. idea. You see the best director win, and you're like, okay, probably they're probably best movie, give or take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I also predicted predicted that um, Elden Ring would win best game direction, um, like mainly because of like how like like got like Ragnarok as an as an excellent sequel. Um, it's it. it you know, compared to Elden Ring, like Elden Ring does push the medium a bit forward, especially with that Soulsborne formula transposed into an open world, and it was just done so creatively and seamlessly that I felt that that was Elden Ring's award to lose, and mm-hmm. so I so like I was I was happy to see that that it won. So if anything, just for the, for innovation's sake, um, Elden Ring definitely deserved that award for sure. I, I wouldn't have been mad if Ragnarok won um, yeah. as well, but. Because that's a perfectly designed game from what I've played so far, but yeah, Elden Ring deserved it too. I, I wasn't even mad that Elden Ring won. Yeah. No, uh, not at all. Like, well, considering deserved. the other yeah. considering the other nominees were uh, Plague Tale, Stray, and Xenoblade. Yeah, it was going to come down to Elden Ring or Ragnarok, one way or the other, based on the other three nominees. I think the other three nominees are strong enough narratives or strong enough impact games where it's like, okay, they definitely deserve to be on that main stage. But it also does surprise me that it's interesting. I am less surprised with Elden Ring winning this year over Ragnarok because it would have been a tie one way or the other. Yeah. And I was in 2019. And I remember 2019 clearly because that was the year that Sekiro won game of the year. And I was like, that was the one that surprised me the most. And we had a whole fit uh, when we taped Gamer Delphia that week where we saw, we you know, Sekiro won. And, it, it, you know, Seth was just like, oh, I'm not surprised. And we were just like, bro, stop it. Like, it was a surprise. Like, Sekiro, I, I don't remember who, I need to look to see who else was nominated in 2019. But that, it didn't surprise, it surprised me then. But it does, at least it doesn't surprise me now because I think with Elder Ring, it's a bigger impact. It's a Miyazaki game. Or it's a from software game, but it has a lot more attached to it. 
than it than Sekiro did back in 2019. Yeah, one surprise too for me. Horizons Horizon Forbidden West got no love. It did not get any love. That is very true. And it deserved something. Yeah, like I like I wasn't like I wasn't that surprised that uh, Forbidden West didn't get any awards. And and that's not a slight against the game, but like it, it had stiff competition this year. And um it kinda reminded me back back in twenty seventeen when uh Horizon Zero Dawn went up against Breath of the Wild, and Breath of the Wild was like the premier game right. of that year, and that really, you know, pushed the medium forward. Um, with Forbidden West, um, it's, I mean, you can you can kind of make the same argument with Ragnarok that it's like more of the same in a good way, like yeah. like exact like exact same gameplay, um, smooth like open world format. If it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. Basically, yeah, like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, but like I, I'd say like. But in terms of like, if you compare like both Ragnarok and Forbidden West, Ragnarok was mm-hmm. clearly the superior game because it had the hundred percent. Oh, absolutely, hundred like, percent. Yeah, the better narrative and like like top to bottom. Whereas Forbidden West, you can kind of make the arc make the case that it is it is a bit bloated, like in terms of like um, all the stuff that that's included, all the markers on the open world map, like like this this side mission, that side mission, this item uh, to grab this and that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think that Ride Rock was a bit cleaner in terms of that, in terms of how it handled its open world compared to Forbidden West, and I can see why Forbidden West did get recognition, but not any of the major awards. Yeah, yeah, you beat all three of them. Well, well, well Ride Rock, I'm still working on. Yeah. How but, many hours so far now? Uh, Ride Rock, I'm almost at thirty. Yeah, see, I'm. Yeah. Ooh, the hate, the hatred. Also, what I find interesting, and I'm just because I was looking up the nominees for when Sekiro won. A, A, what I found interesting is that that year there were six nominees for Game of the Year. When I usually they have, I think they usually have six games. This year they only have five. That's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. But looking at what it beat, it beat Control, it beat Death Stranding, yeah. Outer Worlds, Resident Evil 2, the remake, and Smash. Again, Smash being nominated for Game of the Year when it was a 2018 game. Um, we're gonna, I'm not going to touch that subject. But looking at the other nominees, um, it could have been a toss-up between that or Control, just because Control was just a strong experience. Oh yeah. And when it came out in 2019, it was so like amazing for its time. Same with Death Stranding in its own right, although you know Kojima mystification that you know that's always going to get turned heads. But Sekiro just kind of like yeah, it was a great. So kind of like a Souls game because it's a front software game, so it kind of has that overarching formula. But it didn't feel like a game of the year winner like Elden Ring does this year. Then that's sure. that's the thing that's always going to kind of mystify me in 2019, like during the 2019 awards. Yeah, and like to this day, I still haven't played uh, Sekiro: Shadows That Die twice. Um, like. Like I don't know, it's like like I guess like because of like the whole parry mechanic, like because I'm like when it comes to like parrying games, I'm like I'm not I'm not that good at it, so I'll probably get frustrated at that game. Um, mm-hmm. Like if it, if it ever becomes available as one of like the PlayStation Plus like monthly uh, free downloads, I'll definitely play it then for sure. Or if it like comes out in price, um, isn't it? Can't you uh, download it in the uh, PlayStation? Um... PlayStation Plus Premium. Yeah. Um, no, it's not one of the listed games there. Oh, okay. At least not yet. Yeah, I don't think it's one of those games either, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah. 
but but Control was it was a great game. That was my favorite game of of 2019. Yeah. My favorite game of 20. What was my my favorite game of 2019 was Tide. It was Borderlands 3 and Crash Team Racing were my two games that year. Nice. <laughs> Resident Evil 2 remake. Mm. Resident Evil 2 remake was really good, and I'm so hyped for Resident Evil 4. Oh yeah, that like looks... insanely hype. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting. Yeah, I'm getting that one. Yeah, it does look phenomenal. Um, looking at the rest of the awards, uh, is there anything else that shocks me from um, this year? Yeah, I'm just yeah, just thinking about the awards from this year. Oh, since we're going back in time, because uh, we always want to look back with previous game of the years, did it feel like 2020? Like just thinking, since we're talking about the subject, did it feel like on like in the year 2020? It felt like. Did it feel forced that Last of Us Two won like almost every award at the Game Awards that year, mm. or is it just me? Mm. Not that like. Here's my thing. I don't know because I got to look up the what it was going up against that year. But there, I, I don't know. I didn't feel like a strong gravitational towards Last of Us Two. Maybe it's just I'm not like into the Last of Us series itself. But you have Animal Crossing, Doom, mm. the Final Fantasy remake, Ghost of Tsushima, and Hades. Which I think those latter two are a lot more stronger for me, at least. But and because The Last of Us won seven major awards that year. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm with you there, Ed. I thought that um, Last of Us Part Two winning it did feel uh, pretty contrived, and and, and Patty also uh, says as much in the in the chat here. I thought it was pretty contrived as well, especially with the controversy surrounding the development of the game, with the whole crunch stories of the crunch. Oh period. yes, exactly. Like that was one of the bigger stories that year. Was just that there were so many people working on working like seventy to ninety hour weeks. It felt like on that game. Yeah. And it just it felt like know. a poor taste to be like, yeah, it's the greatest storytelling experience ever. When in a way, it probably wasn't even the best storytelling experience of that year. <laughs> it, it, like it when you can when you consider the the branching storylines of Hades or the kind of like the samurai revenge plot of Ghost of Tsushima, just mm-hmm. those two alone. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I had no problem with the Last of Us uh, Part Two the story uh, the storyline. Like I kind you know I kind of understood it. I did felt the game was way too long. Yeah, it definitely yeah, was way too long. And honestly, you're you're you guys are right. Like Ghost was the better, to me, the better game, the better story. It has more re, for me, in my opinion, the more it had more replay value. I probably done played it like four or five times. Oh wow! Probably going on a fifth. Yeah, I've, nice. I yeah, do a, I, I got my PS5. I had to do a PS. I had to play on a PS5. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I played through it twice, so I played it, beat it on the PS4, then played it again on the PS5. Yeah, and yeah, I thought Ghost of Tsushima should have won that year, um, especially like being like one of like the big swan songs of the previous generation console generation. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no matter how much they try to say that Last of Us was the last swan song, no, it was Ghost. Yeah, that either that or or even Hades. Like Hades had universal praise when it came out, and for good reason. Oh like that's God, a game for like. For like people who don't like roguelikes, like that's the one roguelike I would recommend. Like mm-hmm. that game was completely fun. Sorry Hades, that was for the Switch, right? Yep, it was it, it initially for the Switch, and then it came out on uh, all the other consoles. Yeah, okay. it came out on console. Yeah, Switch was like its primary platform. Yep. Then after it got worldwide acclaim and everybody universal praise, and 
like a boatload of sales, people are like, all right, let's do it. Let's port it to console now. And then it came out the consoles and got even more sales. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Hades too. Oof, that's, that's going to be something. Special. That looks so good. Like just the arts, like I always loved the art style, like more than anything else about Hades. Like it just has like this, I don't know how to explain it, but when you see the art, you're just kind of like, it's so fluid. That's the word I'm looking for. It just has a fluid art style and it has like a, charisma about it like when you actually see it in action oh yeah so that's why super giant is really really good with that stuff oh yeah with those like isometric uh top down Mm -hmm. games yeah yep going all the way back to bastion i remember that game that was fun oh yep bastion (laughs) bastion is actually on funny enough uh, i think for this week it's on sale for like a dollar 99 on the (laughs) e-shop nice well worth it here you go (laughs) (laughs) definitely worth it yeah and then, oh, last thing before you talk about other wars from this year. I don't like that. I don't know if we talked about it on our show last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, it, for repeat, I don't like that it takes 2-1 last year. Mm-hmm. I don't think everybody did. <laughs> Hold yeah. on, listen. It takes 2-1, game of the war, game of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the other five nominees, and you tell me which one of these would you pick. Okay. Deathloop, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank, Resident Evil Village. So okay, see here we go. All right, I now now it's coming back to me. Hashtag <laughs> justice for Ratchet and Clank. Yes. Yup. Thank you. That was our show last year. Now. Now. I think I'm about to go off a bit. <laughs> We're gonna go. We'll get back to the 2022 awards, but we got. We will. But we got, yeah, I, we got I'm ready to go. I, I need right to. Now. Yeah. All right. Now. When they were announcing. The PS5, when they finally had that showcase, where they showed what it looked like, when it gave us the price, when it was ready for pre-order and stuff, Ratchet and Clank was one of those games that they showed. Yes. And I remember saying it, and I remember listening to Game of Delphia literally that following Friday, and I was like, yo, this is it. Ed called it. I'm calling it. No, it wasn't even that following Friday. It was the day because you did the live stream on I Twitch. I did the live stream. Yep, I did and the live I stream said, for the and, PS5. And, and I even said, this is the game that's going to be the PS5's representation. Astro's Playroom, fine. You can be that if you want to. You want to be the launch game that says, check out what the PS5 can do. Great. Heard nothing but great things about that Playroom. Haven't played it yet. But I heard it's amazing. It's a great platinum trophy too. Great. But Ratchet and Clank is the PlayStation Five seller. And I agreed, strongly agreed. Didn't even have a PS Five. I didn't get my PS Five till May. Got it. Played it. Yep. Beaten it. Yep. It is a wonderful game. I stay in it even furthermore. It actually even further pissed me off. <laughs> that that it that it didn't get. Now I'm sure it takes two was just fine. What for no, what it was. And I love. And the funny thing is, when like I think it was last year, me and a friend, my uh, best friend from college, mm-hmm. we did a co-op playthrough of um, A Way Out, which is the previous game, and right. we loved that game. That game was amazing. And I know it takes two follows along that, but in a different style because it's more of like a family type approach with a with a good story to tell. So I have nothing but respect for the game but it's not game of the year no like it's not it, it's a game of the year nominee not a game of the year winner mm. yeah like, because that like 
it felt like a fi- <laughs> is it just me or does it feel like the game awards sometimes can be favors oh absolutely mm-hmm. i'm like, not think, ab- think about it the last three years feel like they have been like handouts from jeff Keeley. you have the you know socio-political in the last of us part two mm-hmm. you know depending on who you ask you have the friend you know joseph Forrest with it with it takes two because him and Jeff Keighley are like bros. And then you have Elden Ring, which is the game that Jeff Keighley personally hyped up as like the greatest thing that's ever came out. Yes, you have R.R. Martin and Miyazaki. Miyazaki's always great. No diss to the game, but I still have questions about it overall. Again, not my kind of thing. But that's the last three years of the Game Awards, not including God of War, not including 2019 with Sekiro, right. which the prize hit, fine, no big deal. Yeah. 2018, God of War won, then... Breath of the Wild won in 2017, and then I don't remember the other nominees. I don't remember the other games. Fine. But these last three years are definitely something to keep an eye on, depending on what comes out in 2023. Like, do we want to presume and crown Zelda a year in advance? I don't Might want to do as that well. I feel, I, you know, I'm calling it. I am calling, calling it, right it now. now. 365 days ahead of time. I am calling it now. Zelda, game of the year. Well, hold on. Well, think about it this. All right. If you go by the most anticipated game, Zelda won that award, right? Okay. In a category that also had Final Fantasy 16, which mm-hmm. had its trailer during the Game Awards. Right. Hogwarts Legacy, which people are mixed about one way or the other. Resident Evil 4 Remake, which is going pro- to blow my socks off. And Starfield, which, you know, Bethesda games are Bethesda games. We'll see what that looks like. Although I am upset that on most anticipated game dead space remake is not on there but that's a different story because i don't know if hogwarts legacy has the same kind of like anticipation that something like a dead space remake would i maybe that's just personal bias i know only two people who are looking forward to hogwarts legacy (laughs) and they just happen to be harry potter fans i was about to ask where's their fandom (laughs) and that's it they don't even know anything else that's coming out Exactly. Yeah, I'm kind of curious about Hogwarts Legacy too. Also, we'll see how it turns out. Um, but yeah, like uh, t- to your point about like the the game awards, as far as like you know what certain games win, if there's any favoritism, like that makes me wonder like what what is the voting process? Is is it just does it just boil down to what Jeff Keighley likes, or is there like a legit voting body? It's, supposedly, there is a voting. So there are ways you can vote on. So. They always have a fan vote online, but they the fan vote only counts for about 10% overall of the vote, give or take, whereas the rest of the votes come from the voting body that Keeley has. Um, I'm not sure who's in the voting body or how that works. The only fan vote, the only vote that's 100% fans is the player's choice, right. um, which we'll get into later, actually. But... Um, Definitely, I would say that uh, I'm curious who the body is, like who's involved. Like, I think at the very least, previous Game of the Year winners are part of the body, kind of similar to the Oscars, uh, where previous winners are also part of that body. Uh, but I'm not 100% sure, though, who's in it. Gotcha. So I'm, I'm very, very curious to know 100% who's in the body. Yeah. Yeah, because like, cause I'm wondering like if, the, if, it's, if it's like other like develop if it's other developers from like other companies or if like the same developers will vote for their own games is there a conflict of interest there 
you know, like for example, would 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 a from software uh, developer vote for Elden Ring? You know, you know what I mean? It's like, like there's there's a there's some questions. We there could be a bit more transparency, I suppose, in terms of like right. How it's, I think that's the only thing we don't have is transparency. Like, okay, how does this exactly work? Yeah, that's like, what we're missing. Yeah, because I know, like, I know, like, for example, like in the in the Academy Awards, like you have uh, different professionals voting for different categories. Like, for example, like actors vote for the acting awards. Like cinematographers vote for cinematography. Editors vote for editing. Writers vote for screenplay. And then, like the the popular uh, awards, like Best Picture and Best Animated Feature, everyone across all categories votes for those awards. Um, right. So, right. So, like, I'm wondering if it's a, if it's like a similar practice with the Game Awards as well. I'm curious to see, like, uh, at least probably do some research, you know, post-show to figure out what that looks like. Yeah. Now, now, you already... Yeah, I'm still standing by it, though. I already know Tears of the Kingdom's taking it. It's... And it's a... It's comp. It's very... That's a very competitive year. (laughs) It's gonna... Yeah, 2023 looks like it's gonna be an insane year one way or the other. But... Yeah, the problem with Genshin Impact, winning players' voice... A thousand time percent problem with it. Now, I put up a reel yesterday. Okay. Because I did a little bit of re. So here's my thing. My original idea yesterday, I was gonna, I was like, let me post a reel talking about it at least as the lead up to us, you know, going on the show to talk about it. Because I was just gonna be like, how the, you know, how the Genshin Impact win? It felt like it was like a, like how did a game from 2020 get nominated for this award? Even though they put out, apparently they had to put out a statement that says ongoing games can qualify for that year's game of the year mm. if enough improvements have been made to change the overall experience like expansions and stuff like that to make it feel like a fresh game going into that year then it can qualify for an ongoing game yeah you could do that but not for awards like this but apparently for the most part sonic frontiers and genshin impact were one in one when it came down to the final round of voting, which then included like God of War and blah 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 blah, whoever else was nominated, there was a big online fight between like both Sonic and Genshin's communities. In terms, I think Sonic started the flame because they were so far ahead that they were like, "Yeah, nothing's gonna beat us." You know, screw you, Genshin Impact fans. We're gonna do all this stuff. Apparently, they then I found out that a lot of the stuff that they were doing to gloat about their win was like really you know bad stuff, like you know xenophobic comments and bad artwork of like sonic beating up one of the characters in genshin i'm like oh boy then apparently the genshin the genshin community found out and they came out in droves to put in their votes for game of the year or for the player's choice including apparently getting in-game rewards based on their vote you know fan voting if it won then apparently from what i understand the sonic fans then put bots into it and after their bot votes were then cleared out, they Genshin Impact actually won by about twenty percent. If I that was the uh, vote, I believe the winning percentage was like fifty percent to like thirty-one percent, and then Genshin Impact won. So that was my reel yesterday. Just more of a disappointment for the Sonic community. Like, come on, we're better than this. We didn't have to, you know, stoke those flames. Even if we feel that it's possible that Genshin Impact bought the award. If they were doing like you know free rewards in game because it's a free to play game, it both sides leave a bad taste in my mouth either way for this player's choice award. I didn't like that Genshin Impact won, but if it was if everything is true about what the community of what's for Sonic did to push it to win, then it looks bad for us too. Yeah, yeah. It's like 
it's like there's just so much um so much unnecessary like division and discord <laughs> among fan bases it's just like you know just you know like what you like you don't don't be a jerk it's like yeah the yep. fan like the fan the fan that the fan categories for everyone you know just vote just have fun with it like whatever yeah, wins, wins that's you know? all you had to do if you were just like hey man you know let's keep it going let's just put up like favorite artwork of like oh check out my sonic art it's cool i want sonic frontiers to win um to win player's choice okay that's fine do that that, that would have been actually really like clever among both fan bases but as soon as if they start fighting no mm-hmm. then you just gone you just took it way off the deep end yeah, yeah and didn't have to yeah and that's and that's how the trolls win you know yeah mm. exactly yeah. well the trolls and the, the trolls win which makes everybody else lose mm. but that the sad part is that's not even the biggest sonic injustice to me oh. i don't even care one way or the other i don't know how it didn't win Best Adaptation for the Sonic 2 movie. <laughs> that surprised me as there, well. You know what? Let's let's get into that. Okay. So, yeah. so in a category that had Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which I heard was great. Yeah, I've seen, uh, seen a couple. The Cuphead, sh- the Cuphead show, which I heard was amazing. Sonic 2, obviously, okay. I'm biased towards the movie. And Uncharted was just, it was all right. It, it was fun. I mean, it's all right. Like. It's all right. It's just all right. Like, I'm not, like, I didn't, I'm not trying to say, like, oh, it's going to, you know, it should win Best Adaptation, but no. to nominate it, fine. It was, it was an all right movie. It was just, uh, yeah, like you said, it was just all right, whatever. <laughs> but I don't know, like, what went into the thought process to, like, Arcane win. I never even heard Partially, of I mean, yes, partially Same. because I don't know League of Legends to an extent, but I don't know if the League of Legends community is more widespread than the, not necessarily just the Sonic community, but just fans, uh, like, it has a bigger global reach, and also a bigger, it has a bigger base to go off of, and if a lot of that bigger base is hyping up the movie, then I think that should make more of an impact than a, let's be honest, great, but niche show, one way or the other, no matter how you look at it, depending on which market you talk about. That's why I'd, I'd rather have gone with the Sonic movie winning than Arcane winning. But do you think that just because it was released on a more global scale, and okay, and they have Jim Carrey in the movie, it's like, all right, we knew this was gonna be uh, you, we knew this was gonna be an easy win. Let's just give it to Arcane as as a swerve. That's an unfair way to go about doing it, though. Absolutely, like, it's so, like you you cannot fault the cast that's part of a that's part of the movie or adaptation because if that was the case then like if you think about it if anything there was a bigger cast in uncharted yeah mark with holland and walberg and antonio banderas yeah exactly so that has a bigger outreach bigger reach in terms of like popular actors than any of the other four series like, yeah, you had Jim Carrey and uh, Idris Elba in Sonic. You have Wayne Brady and Cuphead. You have, I don't know if, if there were any bigger names attached to Cyberpunk or Arcane. I'm not 100% sure one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But it still speaks, I, I don't think that the cast should play an impact into it. I think it's just more like, okay, what is the best, out of all these five adaptations, because it's the first time you're doing this category, out of these five adaptations, which ones are the best? 
which out of these five, which one was the best? Which one had the biggest impact? Which one has the, you know, critical acclaim overall? And, you know, which one can you see being a best, a better representation of all the properties going forward? Sonic was that. Absolutely. Not League of Legends. League of Legends only, fo- it only focused on two of the million characters that it has, all the champions they could play with, and it only picked two of them. I have questions. Yeah, like, like, oh, and and like, like Carl said, like I never heard of Arcane until I saw it listed among the nominees, and <laughs> and I th- I, th- I thought that like Cyberpunk Edge Runners might might take this award because it's gotten very good reviews, um, so far, and I've seen like the first three episodes, and I'm like, this is pretty cool, so I might finish it eventually, but but yeah, like if not that, then certainly Sonic the Hedgehog too, because that one that that film's also gotten good reviews too. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is pretty rare for like a video game and that movie. My, and that was my point. I didn't mean to cut you off, but it was like, but that's my point too. The long history of the video game movie curse. Yeah. Yeah. And Sonic lifted it. We had hope yep. with Mortal Kombat, but that was in 1995. We're talking 27 years later. Like Sonic lifted that curse for a little bit, put it back down, and then we got it back up again with Sonic 2. Yep. Exactly, because you had the and then you had the Mortal Kombat movie that came out last year, which was awful. I like Mortal. I love Mortal Kombat. That one was all right too. Like it wasn't a bad. It wasn't. It was. It was all right. Now I'm curious to see what the the next movie is going to be like, because like apparently there's been a lot of screenshots of like the actor who's playing Johnny Cage in that movie. Like he looks like the Johnny Cage from um, MK11. Okay. So it's, I think that's going to be really cool. Oh, so it's not going to be Miz. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it ever was going to be. Probably not. Now, like, to be fair, I don't I don't know if they confirmed 100% that that's the actor or if he's like, yep, this is the actor that's playing them. So I don't know if those screenshots maybe are legit or not. But, A, I think it still would be funny if it was the Miz. And, B, I'm just hoping that, like, that movie does really well because Mortal, Mortal Kombat last year was all right. It was fine. The animated movies are like insane. That that much I do know. Those animated Mortal Kombat Legends movies, they're yeah. bonkers. Um, but and that one has uh, Joe McHale playing jo- voicing Johnny Cage in those movies. Right, I remember that. Pretty funny. But no, I think just going back to the point you're making is that video game like this year we had both ends of the video game movie spectrum. You had Sonic, which had the amazing praise, and Uncharted with the yeah sure like whatever like it's a not a great video game movie, but it was a decent movie at least. And I was like, all right, that's fine. You know, whatever. No big deal on that end. And I think that Sonic should have been rewarded for that, that rather than, again, a TV, sh- a TV series, while amazing, from what I understand, the artwork is amazing. People who do cosplay for it are great. I've seen a lot of cosplay for a lot of the people who, you know, really love Arcane. Awesome. But I still feel that it still has an audience where I'm like, I don't know, man. That Sonic movie hit harder to me than it did for the Arcane TV show, Definitely. where you're only highlighting two of the millions of characters that the universe has. Mm. That's well, just me. Totally don't disagree. And I'm not 100% mad at it, but Stray getting its praise, you're the only one I know who played it. Yeah, I, I appreciated that that it won best debut indie game. Like it, it, it certainly certainly deserved it because you know it, it 
I mean, it it got it got uh, some pretty good buzz when it went upon upon release, and it was one. As, I believe it was like the first game uh, to be released for free underneath the uh, PlayStation Plus, um, um, like the like the, the premium, the, yeah, premium, the premium. premium. I played a little bit of it so far, um, but like I had Elden Ring and then Cyberpunk, and now God of War, kind of like diverting my attention from the game. But I do eventually uh, hope to return to it and finish it. But from the little that I played, like I, I, I definitely enjoyed it so far, and it, it's very, it's a very charming game, and I can see why, uh, why it won best debut indie game, because it does have like those, those like those 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 quirks that you that you expect from an indie game, you know, it's like right. that, um, just like you know, you know, just like smooth um, gameplay that's not not too intense, just something that like, you can like unwind. It's mm-hmm. it's soothing. Yeah, it's a it's a soothing game. Yeah, it's definitely you know? a soothing game for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely like that that double A, those a double A type game instead of like a triple A game. So so yeah. Um, although I like I said I, I would have I would have laughed my ass off. I would have been cackling if Stray walked away with Game of the Year and just just to see the <laughs> amount of vitriol and anger that I would have I would have gotten a, a huge kick. I don't know that. if there would have been anger for, towards it. I I, I think, think it would have so. it would no. It, well hold on, it wouldn't have been anger in the way that you're thinking. I think it would have been more or like a. It would have been a thing where like a lot of the hipster elite indie people would have been like rising up, thinking like, "Yes, an indie game is finally getting to shine." Where a lot of the mainstream people, especially those hardcore Miyazaki gamers or those hardcore like God of War Kratos lovers, are they, are going to bring out their pitchforks. So maybe in that regard, I can see that kind of flame war starting. Yeah. But it would have been interesting to see if it had enough chops to say this story and this narrative and this gameplay is better than the other the other six nominees. Also, I keep forgetting that Horizon is the sixth no- nominee in the game of the year because it keeps it got it got for forgotten so hard and everything else. No it made me remember like I, I just looked at it, I was like, wait, Horizon was on the game of the year nominee list. What? It was. I, that's why I kept thinking there were only five nominees. And I was like, wait, Horizon was nominated. No, that's how much the Game Awards it, didn't care about it. It's uh, and it's sad because that is a beautiful game. It is. It it is. But you know, like much like in 2017, it just came out against the stiffest of competition. Yeah. Yeah. 2017 was such. That year was too too stacked with obviously Zelda. And uh, Mario Odyssey as well. Mm, yep. Like Mario Odyssey was my game of the year in 2017. I adored Odyssey. It was like an, it was so amazing from top to bottom. So like, I it would have been hard for me to vote for either of those two because of um, Super Mario Odyssey being like had to show this platformer I was looking for. Excuse me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I can't remember what was my game of 2017. <laughs> uh, what was nominated? Hold on, let me check the game. Here we go. Awards. Uh, game of the Year nominees were Legend of Zelda, mm-hmm. Horizon, Persona 5, Odyssey, and PUBG. First of all, every time I think of PUBG, every every, th- every time I think of Persona 5, I think of freaking AJ. <laughs> <laughs> He's still our. He just bought the. Uh, we just saw in our in our chat. He has the vinyls now. He got the vinyl soundtrack, so of course he's going to be that. He loves that game so much. (laughs) Dude, he loves that game. Uh, What else came out in 2017, actually, now that I'm thinking about it? 
Also, PUBG should not be... Every time I see PUBG in a Game of the Year nominee, I'm thinking, like, isn't that game still in early access, even though it's been early out of 1.0 for, like, three years now? I keep thinking of it because I bought it early access like Can an idiot. play PUBG? Oh, yeah. I played... Dude, for the first year PUBG came out, I actually played it hardcore. Mm-hmm. Then when Fortnite came out, I was just like, fuck PUBG, I'm done with this. <laughs> and I just played Fortnite forever. Um, it seems but, like people are, because... Yeah, right? Damn, <laughs> They're insane. They're, like Fortnite's insane. Like I don't even know how they. I mean, they make a shit ton of money with all the stuff they're getting, so they can afford. Yeah, all, all the, the additional merchandise. But Cuphead came out in 2017. Resident Evil 7 came out that year. Hellblade came out that year. Nier Automata, Wolfenstein, <laughs> Destiny 2 was mm. nominated. Had some nominations because that came out that year. Uncharted Lost Legacy, which was the expansion. Yeah kind of game yeah tw- uh yeah 2017 was a stacked awesome. year yeah. just looking at it metroid samus returns on the ds um neo came out that year prey came out that year yeah no 2017 like yeah, looking back at yeah. oh and and injustice 2 came out that year oh there we yeah. go <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it was a really stacked year looking at it now yeah absolutely and then for for this year, like also for the um for the best action game category, what do you think about uh, Bayonetta three going coming away with that award? Uh hmm. Yeah. Let me look at the rest of the nominees because I feel yeah. like it's fine. Yeah, the but the, it depends on who else was nominated. I I got I I got it up. Uh, Modern Warfare two. Okay. Neon, Neon White. Okay. Sifu. Yep. And TMNT Shredder's Revenge. I'm fine with it winning then. I think I'm fine with Bayonetta 3 winning because when I think of the Bayonetta games, I think of them as just being this pure rush of adrenaline action games just because I like I know the Devil May Cry style, I know the platinum the platinum game style. So I'm actually okay with Bayonetta 3 taking that award because I think Modern Warfare 2, you know, great shooter, but I wouldn't necessarily call it an action game. No. Neon White would be the would be probably number two. Sifu is more of a slower game. Shouldn't be on a fighting game list, but don't don't. Mm, it's not a fighting game, yeah. anyway. <laughs> and then Shredder's Revenge. I'm glad Shredder's Revenge got uh, recognized. That and Tunic are two games that people should play if you have not yet already. Because Shredder's Revenge is an amazing beat 'em up, kind of like fun. the old school TMNT. Amazing. Also, I still haven't bought the Cowabunga collection, so I can play oh. Turtles in Time. Yeah, need to do that it. at some point. But I played Tunic when it first dropped as a early access game on Game Pass. I think it's still on Game Pass. That one's really cool if you like going into adventure games blind, kind of like the old Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. That game is good. But yeah, I think Bayonetta winning is fine, honestly. Yeah. Because I can't think of any other games that really would be in that category. Uh, out of the five they they have listed at least. So I'm fine with it. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, I still haven't played um either uh, Sifu or TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Um Really? No, I haven't played it yet. I'm gonna have to share play that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I played Shredder's Revenge. Shredder's Revenge is great. Sifu <laughs> I've not played. Yeah. I am curious though, like now that you mentioned it, like why Sifu was nominated for best fighting game? Because it's to me it's just a a, a beat a beat em up 
you know? it's, oh, yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I guess they felt that they didn't have five games, so they're just like, we'll throw Sifu in because uh, multiverses winning. Hmm. I, I, that one's tougher for me. I guess DNF duels too niche. JoJo's is technically still niche, even though I think that's a 3D fighter. And King of Fighters is probably the most well, you know, well known out of the bunch. I don't know. I guess Multiverses wins. Yeah, Multiverses. That's more like the DC WB like Smash Brothers. Yep. Uh, like it's the yeah. yeah, it's the WB Smash clone. Yep. Okay. Got it. And that's why I had a problem with that winning because like it, it's just, it was just a plain obvious. It was just a D. It was DC Smash Brothers. Like we couldn't. I'm like, you couldn't come up with anything on your own identity? Yeah, I mean, not, not with what they were trying to do, I guess. I guess they didn't want to make it a straight-up brawler. They wanted to implement fun characters from, like, across the plane. So I guess it makes sense that they went that route. I mean, they could, Again, but it's gonna... just... Yeah, they could have just... They could have gave it its own identity. I guess. I mean, it's free-to-play. I'm not mad at it. I haven't spent a dime on it. I don't... I, I hope not to, because I do want to play with some of the other characters, but I don't want to spend money on it. So, it's fine. Look, hey, look, uh, we can all agree, at the very least, it's not as bad. Like, I think for me, multiverses, I have to get used to it. It's okay, but I'm just not used to it. It doesn't feel as fluid as a Smash game does. But at least it's not like Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl. We can definitely that. <laughs> I, I bought that game. You bought, bought it? No, no, actually, no. I'm glad I did. I retracted myself. I got it on PlayStation Plus because it was a PS Plus game for like PS Plus. Uh, what did it call the basic PlayStation Plus? It was just Plus. Yeah. No, there's a tier for it. There's premium, extra, and basic tier. I'm yeah, we'll go with that. All right. And I got it. I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna play Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl, and I played it for like 20 minutes, and I was just like, I'm gonna turn this off. I think I did a reel about it. I was just like, I played it for 20 minutes, and I was just like, I'm going to go back to Warzone. <laughs> just move on. With, I'm going to move on with this. And I hadn't played and I hadn't played Warzone in like six months. So Damn. that tells you all you need to know. <laughs> Thank you. Another thing, too. Is it just me, or does freaking Gran Turismo or Forza just win every freaking sports and racing game every year? I heard somebody, I forget who I followed, that said, Grand Turismo 7 wasn't even that good. It was kind of bland this year. Mm. From what I heard. Like, I think, out of all these games, right. hmm, that's tough because there's not really a standout nominee. Like, F1, never heard of it. FIFA is FIFA. NBA is NBA. And Ali Ali World is pretty decent, but I don't think it's going to have strong enough competition to win, you know, best sports game. Yeah. So, I guess you could give it to Gran Turismo 7, but that's only because you don't have anybody else. And yeah. that sucks. Yeah, so it kind of felt like a default winner for that category. Yeah, out of all the nominees, like it is, it's probably a default winner out of everything else here. Mm. Okay, so um, I posted the, I posted I remember posting this on um, the Codex Instagram on our, on our socials maybe uh, a month ago, actually, almost to the date. Xbox hasn't had an exclusive game nominated to the Game Awards for 10 years now. 
like nominated for any award? Any award, not an exclusive. Hmm. Wait, Halo. Wait, so when Halo Infinite came out, it wasn't nominated. It didn't get a nomination la- even last since, year. Yeah, not it. since 2013. Like I have the, like I have the meme up, and there's like not one. There's PlayStation exclusives. There's Nintendo exclusives. Nothing for Xbox. Hmm, not even Gears of War. Not even Gears of War. I wait. Actually, oh, that's. <laughs> You know what's funny? Halo Infinite did win Player's Choice last year. It won the viewers the the it won the fan vote. Okay. Over Forza Horizon. Well, Forza Horizon was there. It takes to Metroid and Resident Evil. So Halo Infinite won the Player's Choice Award. Which, if we think about it in hindsight, look how bad Halo Infinite's been since. But that's a whole different story altogether. So no, it won last year. Actually, it did win. Okay. A, it win the Player's Choice. But yeah. If I think back to recent history, even since the inception of the Game Awards in like 2014, I think, yeah, there has it hasn't been nominated for any. Like, I can't think of a single exclusive outside of like your standard Forza existing for existence sake, where it's like even nominated for yeah, even for the big Game of the Year awards, there's like no Xbox game that's high enough to be nominated that high, and that's. That's damning, and I, I know what, we were talking about this pre-show, that article you were talking about. Yeah, I'm about to bring it up, too. Like, uh, yeah, I'll let you introduce it. Yeah, so uh, IGN posted this They um, posted this article. I have um, IGN's like alerts on my Twitter just just to catch articles and whatever. And one of them, came, one of them says, the, high, the headline was, Xbox's Game Awards no-show is a slap in the face to players. Now... You're unbiased. We're we're biased. You know, we're PlayStation guys. You're not. Your thoughts? I am relatively unbiased. I do my while my PlayStation has been my primary platform, Mm -hmm. you know, for both the PS4 and PS5 generations, I do own the other I do own the Xbox platform. And you know, for the most part, I think that the positives of Xbox Game Pass being the ultimate subscription service for gaming is good in its own right because it gives me a lot of choice like for example this year alone uh one game that i played on xbox that i love it is a simple like it's a simple basic puzzle game called escape academy and i love that game because it's it feels like an escape room style puzzler it's not too difficult to where you can't not get what's going on right um but that's a game that I would never have played without Game Pass, for example. Mm-hmm. Same with, um, I think Shredder's Revenge was also on Game Pass as well. Again, amazing game. Wouldn't have played it without Game Pass. However, it hurts in its own right because there's not a, again, there, what's that big game that's an Xbox Studios game where you can say, holy crap, I cannot wait for that. That was supposed to be Halo Infinite, and look how that turned out. That turned mm-hmm. out to be ended up being kind of a piece of garbage by the end of it and for me i'm looking i usually keep a spreadsheet of stuff where i'm like i'm going to buy this on i'm going to buy these games either on launch or on sale or wait for more information that's usually my flow chart for games that are coming out i may have to stop adapting that but go ahead (laughs) and the only xbox game on this list that's a xbox studio where they're you know it's created by microsoft yeah is perfect dark that's done by the initiative, I think the studio is called. That's the internal studio. 
and there's a Perfect Dark new game that's coming out that got announced at the Game Awards, I want to say in 2020 or so, they announced that they were going to do a new Perfect Dark game. And I was like, hell yeah. Perfect Dark is one of my favorite shooters of all time next to Time Splitters. Right. So Perfect Dark needs to come back. This is going to be amazing. And it's been radio silent since that Game Awards announcement, and that bothers me. And, and what bothers me even worse, that's the only Xbox game on my list. I don't count Redfall because Redfall is technically not an exclusive. I think that's a Bethesda game, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Mm. There we go. Um, that's the problem. Like, Xbox is not too focused on collecting Thanosing Studios, <laughs> wrapping them all up like he does the Infinity Stones, but there's nothing. But <laughs> thank you. But there's nothing being done. No. no. There's nothing being done for him themselves. Like they're taking all the they're they're making everybody else do the work and they're taking all the credit because Game Pass is such an amazing experience and a lot of the studios that they're buying or are attempting to buy, you know, when you look at Activision, their track records speak for themselves, but this generation Xbox doesn't have a track record to speak of. And that's a huge problem for Xbox and I like if you go into 2023 wondering like, hmm, Xbox Game Pass is an amazing experience, but I can play out, and I learned this because I have I have a workstation computer that I'm using as a side machine um, outside of my main work machine. I can just download the Xbox app on my PC, and some of the Xbox 360 and PC games that are on the Game Pass service, I can just play and download and play or cloud stream them and be perfectly content then i don't need my xbox outside of like some other things so it's then i look at my xbox and after a while and i'm like what am i supposed to be doing with this you know you after a while you kind of like there's gonna be those there's xbox uh series x or s gamers that are probably wondering what is the value of this console if a pc even a basic $500 laptop with a 1080p graphics card can do the same thing. And that's going to be the question that us as us as casual gamers, you know, for the most part, for me, like I, I straddle the line between casual and mega hardcore. I fall somewhere in the middle. But at least on the Xbox side for me, I'm more casual. But I think that's going to be the question I'm going to have to ask going into 2024 is that is a console the best investment even though it can do everything in one shot because it's 4K right out of the box, or is a PC then becoming the main platform that I can look at with thousands of more experiences because of the, the cheap, cheap, cheap games you can find on Steam afterwards. That's a that's a hard thing that Xbox has to answer for. I don't know if they're... I don't think they're going to want to. I think they're going to stick to what works Game Pass, we make a billion dollars off of Game Pass. It doesn't matter because we make all of our money off of licensing Windows 11, licensing Microsoft Office. I don't think they care. I think overall Xbox doesn't care, even though Phil Spencer tries to put it out there that he does. I don't know if Microsoft truly does. They're like, well, we're getting our subscription money. It's fine. It, what does it really matter? We got the, you know, We got the money. Give them... I don't know, pick a random game. Here you go, play that. And that's what a lot of the Game Pass games sometimes do feel like. While you have EA's library, you have um, 
Bethesda's library of games. Like you have a lot of the great studios. Activision, again, Blizzard. They have Blizzard. Eventually, they have Activision. Overwatch. Yeah. Right. Eventually, this. I know it's still all. It's not fully, fully complete just yet. So that's why oh. a lot of the Xbox games aren't on, or a lot of those Activision games aren't on Game Pass yet. Mm-hmm. But EA Play is integrated. I think they talked about doing you play with Ubisoft. Um, Bethesda's on there, obviously. But it still begs the question, what's an Xbox game that's going to do that for me? Hmm. Think about it. Like, I can't think of an Xbox game that's, like, from an Xbox studio. It can be Xbox. It can be The Collective. It can be Microsoft Game Studios. Like, the last exclusive that I can – the last two exclusives that I remember from Microsoft okay. are Halo Infinite yeah. and Microsoft Flight Simulator. And that's a shame. That's all I remember. Gears 5? Again, that was the... Gears 5 was on the Xbox One generation. Oh, okay. It wasn't so you're talking series. this gen. It wasn't, oh, it wasn't man. this gen. I think Flight Simulator was this gen, technically. Even though it came out on both platforms, it's technically this gen. Right. And Halo Infinite is this gen. Right. Gears was last generation. It was like the tail end of it. It was like close to the end. Mm. But think... If all we can name in five years... Are those three games? We got a problem. We have a massive problem. Yeah, and 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 to your point, thinking about it, like if you if you had to think about like real Xbox exclusives, you'd have to go back almost twenty years. Like I'm thinking like Jade Empire and Fable, but that's like from the original Xbox, and yeah. that's a that's a scathing indictment in and of itself. And that's the pro- that's and that's the thing. Like when you think about Xbox, you think about Game Pass. You don't think about their exclusives, even though they can come out and say, hey, we got this, uh, like, Red. if Redfall is truly an Xbox exclusive, great, cool. That's an Xbox, con- it's an exclusive for your console, but it's not because you made it. Because Bethesda made it and you bought Bethesda. That's why it's exclusive. And that's the biggest indictment. I don't want a game, I want a game that's amazing, that the studio is making, but I want to know what you can make. I need to look this up. I need to know what studios Xbox owned that are truly theirs, like Xbox Game Studios. I know there are a few, but I don't know what they are that aren't these major platforms. And that's the, you know, what I would like to look forward to to see what's going to be big in 2023. And if it's not big, then that's going to be my biggest concern for the, this, the rest of this generation because if if all these other studios are making these amazing games across all the other platforms, like all the amazing Nintendo exclusives, obviously, yeah. all the amazing Sony exclusives, obviously, what's what does Xbox have? Like, I need those questions answered, and I don't know if they're I don't know if they're truly prepared to answer those questions. Like, if you look at games that are coming out soon that are, I'm not going to count Outer Worlds because that's Obsidian. That's Obsidian, I think. No, Outer Worlds, that come out on PlayStation? It did eventually, actually, so I won't count that. They now own Ninja Theory, so that's not fair to say. For Hellblade, that's yeah. now exclusive, I think. Yeah. But I'm not going to count that. Then you had State of Decay, which is, I think, the closest. But I think that's multi-platform. Perfect Dark, there's a new Fable that is coming out. Um, but I'm looking at... I'm trying to find a studio outside of Turn 10 Studios for Forza. 
you have hmm, playground games for Forza Horizon, but that doesn't count. 343 for Halo. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I, just, I yeah, just Googled. Oh, and Sea of Thieves. But I'm not going to go back to Sea of Thieves to try to find a game in recent memory that fits that. Yeah, I just really, I yeah. Age of Empires 2, Definitive Edition. This is top 10 Xbox Series X, X games not coming to PS5 and Switch. Okay. Age of Empires 2, Definitive cool. Edition. Makes sense. Yep, they're a PC title, but Xbox. Yep, okay. Fable. Yep. Uh, State of Decay 3. Okay, fair enough. Starfield. Yeah, but that's Bethesda, so I don't 100% count it. I get it, but Ever Everwild. Don't know much about that. Uh, the Outer Worlds 2. Okay, but I think that was Bolte. Uh, Redfall. Yep, that's Bethesda. Uh, I gotta scroll real quick. Come on, come on. Yeah, Warhammer 40k, Darktide. Okay. Uh, developed by uh, Fat Shark. Um, Senua's Saga, Hellblade 2. Developed by Ninja Theory, like you mentioned. They bought, but, yep, and they bought Ninja Theory, so not counting that. And Stalker 2, Harder, Ch- Harder Chernobyl. Okay. A GSC see. game world. Yeah, I can see hard, that counting as well. Yeah. But still, like, the closest thing that they've had to an Xbox exclusive for a while, even though they bought the company, was when they bought Mojang to try to get Minecraft as an exclusive, and look how that turned out. <laughs> People wanted Minecraft so badly, they had to multi-platform it. Hmm. Okay, let me see. Like the closest thing they've had was grounded, was a was a student was a game that was exclusive. You had uh, fl- flight simulator, you had Gears, Ori as well because Ori was technically Xbox and PC. They had a partnership to bring it onto the Nintendo Switch. So Ori, I can I could technically count the Battletoads re- you know remake or reboot. I guess you could say. Also counts as well. Uh, Bleeding Edge, even though that game was kind of terrible. Um, and Crackdown 3, which is kind of terrible too. Oh, and Sunset Overdrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eight PS5 um, exclusives. Just comparing to Apples and Oranges right now. Forspoken, which, you know, the game's still in development. Let me give it a chance. Sure. Eternites. Okay. Um... Marvel's Wolverine. <laughs> say no more. <laughs> Already. Spider-Man 2. Double say no more. Insomniac. Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. Yep, the next chapter for Final Fantasy 7. Yep. Final Fantasy 16. Yep. Horizon Call of the Mountain. That's the DLC. That's the piece. Yeah, that's the VR. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I said it was only eight. Wait, hold on. Keeps... Oh, and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake. Oh, that is, that is PlayStation only. Huh. Interesting. 
Yeah, good. Yeah, a good ass Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got... Between that and and Survivor, yeah. yeah. We ain't never gonna hear from Vic again. But that's gonna be. But yeah, before we move on to the announcements, that's Dang. my biggest concern for Xbox. Like, give me an experience that only you can deliver. Indeed. Like that, you, and that your console should be made to deliver for. And if you can't, you got a problem. Because then what's the point? I'll buy a PC. I'll just eventually get a gaming PC, and then I don't have to worry about these problems anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, that's it's so odd. Like, like. Like, Microsoft, it's like they're resting on their laurels of just like, oh, we can just buy all of these other third-party developers, turn them into second-party developers, and then just call it a day. We don't have to come up with any original content ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, imagine if Sony did that, or, it, or if Nintendo did that, then the game the gaming landscape will be much more duller. Like, you know, like Sony has Santa Monica Studio and Naughty Dog. Nintendo, um, they have their own in-house uh, development team. But Microsoft, they're just like, eh, just throw money at it, you know. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, they, oh, it's like, oh, Sony has God of War, uh, Bethesda, come up with something here. Here, here here's a budget. Yeah, here's a budget. Here's all the money. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> but, hey, but yeah, I think, I mean, it's sad, to, sad to say, like, you know, Microsoft's been in the video game, video game business for like the past twenty, twenty one years. So, mm-hmm. it's like. They but, should know better by now. Yeah, I think I think ever since like ever since Bungie became a third party developer, it's like they decided, well, th- well, we had Halo and we were gonna have Destiny. I guess that's it for us. <laughs> <laughs> we tried. We tr- yeah, we tried. <laughs> three four three wasn't cutting them. Wasn't give cutting them the cake. It. <laughs> yeah. Give them the cake. <laughs> but uh. But yeah, speaking of um, uh, announcements coming up, um, yeah, Final Fantasy 16 coming out June 2023. Um, look, looking forward to that game. I'm hoping that um, it has a better storyline, a more memorable storyline than Final Fantasy 15. Because 15, I enjoyed the game. 15 had an excellent gameplay, and like the world was gorgeous, but the characters in the story I just felt were pretty anemic. So if it, if, it, if the gameplay wasn't so good and if and if the world wasn't so visually interesting, I probably would have stopped in the middle of it and not have picked it up again. But but yeah, hopefully sixteen picks up the slack in terms of its narrative. Did you finish fifteen? You're a completionist. I should yeah. have no better to ask. <laughs> I, I, did, I did finish fifteen, um, like a year after the game came out, because like I know there was like like other patches that got the game up to speed. Oh gotcha. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, and and I think that sixteen is uh currently it'll be a, a timed exclusive uh, for Sony, so it'll come out. It is a it's a timed exclusive for from when it came comes out till the end of the year. Mm. I, I I took note of that because I saw the release date and I saw a star next to it and I was like why, so I paused it, looked at the fine print and said exclusive until December thirty first of that year. Mm. Wow. So it's six months six month window where it's only on PlayStation. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, any any thoughts about the sixteen? I mean, I I initially thought about it as just Game of Thrones with chocobos. Uh, I don't really like. I, I'm not too much of a Final Fantasy player. Uh, I thought the game looked gorgeous. Oh yeah. I mean, but they but Square Enix. They don't really miss when it comes to like, visual like the visuals. Oh no. They don't miss. Even like the Avengers game, we all know what a dumpster fire that is. I finally came to terms 
<laughs> I finally came did. to terms and was like, all right, this just isn't it. Yeah. Yep. Um. Also, but, the, can I say that Final Fantasy 16 looks much more mature than any other game in the series? That. Like, I looked at it, I was just like, damn, why do these do so vicious? And, like, why is there blood everywhere? I was like, oh, okay, maybe that's why. Mm. Like, it's, probably, it's just that more, like, aggressive Final Fantasy game, more than any of the other ones. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, from software, they have a new Armored Core game coming out, uh, Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. Okay. Um, so if you're into, like, mech action, like, there it is. Like, Very mechy. Yeah, I've heard that this is, like, the first uh, game in about, like, ten years or so? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Replace looked fun. Replace? Uh, which one oh, Replace looks... Am- I think that's very, very... Uh, that one wowed me the most out of all the games. It's the game that looks like a... It's a side-scroller yeah. that... It's interesting what you can do with, like, just 2D, like, a pixel art style. Like, I know we were blown away by Octopath Traveler and how they were able to kind of, like, 2D HD is what they called it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This looks much more impressive than that, than mm-hmm. anything that Octopath Traveler did, even though it is very, very impressive. This looks even more impressive. Um, obviously, Street Fighter Six, Hades looked, Hades look good. Judas, I'm intrigued, but I feel like I need to see more. I need mm-hmm. to see more. What they gave me was not enough. Like yeah. I got the Bioshock vibes from it because I know Ken yeah. Levine's doing. You know, he's yeah. part of the studio that's creating the game, and he was the creator of um, Bioshock. But I do need to see more. Yeah. Hellboy, Word of Wind. I was like, okay. But if they can get Ron Perlman to voice Hellboy, there's they didn't. I'm surprised they didn't confirm that post show. Like even as like a press release, like oh we, just, we announced the trailer, Ron Perlman's doing a voice. But oh. I'm very surprised they didn't. Let me see. Obviously, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is like all I could think. Of, I was like, man, Vic ain't leaving his house anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely looking forward to that. Like, Fallen Order was great. Um, I haven't seen you smile this much about Star Wars since you <laughs> finally came back to the universe after Mandalorian. Yeah, like, um, like Survivor. Like, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to continue the trend of like, put, like putting together a good narrative and like interesting characters, like uh, Fallen Order did. Yeah. Um, and, and also speaking of Star Wars, I did finish Andor. Uh, you, you ahead week. of me. Yeah, Andor. It's a great show. And, great. Like I, I really appreciate the darker, m- more mature, uh, shades of gray vibe that the mm-hmm. show has, and what I liked about Andor is that unlike other shows like Mandalorian, Obi Wan, Book of Boba Fett, it didn't have nostalgia to lean on. Gotcha. Yeah, so it had to like tell a, a genuinely compelling story from the ground up, and Tony Gilroy did an amazing job writing that show. So like the, nice. the slow burn, everything pays off at the end. Okay. Yeah. So, I... yeah. Um. Uh, I, I love that I love that the Game Awards started with the world premiere of the new Dead Cells DLC for Castlevania. I that looked cool. <laughs> it, it, I, love I, was, it, I love Castlevania. I love Castlevania and I love Dead Cells. It remind me of the TV show on Netflix. I got that vibe too. Yeah, I still got. I that totally show. got that vibe. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, of course, Death Stranding two. Yep. 
Yeah. I'm so confused, but I was confused around <laughs> all the trailers for Death Stranding. I was like, I have no idea what this game's going on. Also, I found it funny that during the announcement, he, you know, Pajima was talking. He was just like, I had to change the script a lot because I didn't want to pre- I didn't want to predict another global event happening again. Oh, so yeah, he, he did like, say that. <laughs> yeah, I had to change my script. That I found actually pretty hilarious. So good on them. My nephew uh, called. My nephew called Death, Drand, Death Stranded an Amazon. Like, yo, is this the game where you just you're basically a futuristic Amazon delivery driver? I'm like, yep, yeah. that's the meme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the, that's the meme of that whole entire game. Yep. Street Fighter Six looks great. June, oh I'm surprised it's coming out June second. That caught me. Tekken Eight. Uh, Replaced looks good, uh, as we talked about. Um, two puzzle games that. Keep an eye out for for any indie award considerations next year. Really? Uh, Post Trauma, which I think looks very, it has a very Silent Hilly kind of vibe I saw to that, it. Yeah. Old Silent Hill, not the Silent Hills that they were, Kojima was trying to do later on. Mm-hmm. And Viewfinder, because I love games like The Witness and Superliminal, which are great indie games. This looks like a combination of both of those kind of games. So view, keep an eye out for viewfinder as well as something that could be a indie game uh consideration uh so that's why i think it's going to be really good yeah did you download the you didn't download the forespoken demo did you uh no um i i, I am planning on getting that game actually when it comes out i do too but as a right i do um play the demo first and see it's kind of like you gotta remember, like, okay, we're not there yet. It's still in development, but it's like, all right, it's a bit. There's a lot. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. I think they just. I think they just had to throw something out there for the sake of, because it's a whole new story. It's a whole new cat. You know, everything's brand new. Yeah. Right. You right. know, so they they wanted to at least get some type of promotion out there. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, uh, Earthblade, keep an eye out for from the creators of Celeste. That's gonna be pretty good, I think. Not this, not this. No. Oh, what was the one? What was the one? It was no Diablo. Diablo Four coming out June. That looked. Yep. That, that was crazy. an impressive trailer. Mm. With Halsey uh, singing, the, uh, performing <laughs> right after that, I was like, "That's impressive." It was impressive. I loved the God of the uh, God of War performance too, by the way. Yeah. That was when you get a chance. When you get a chance, watch that. I'll have to I'll have to rewatch it because I wasn't into the God of War performance. The, the Halsey, which one did I? I'm trying to think. So remember, it's funny because yeah, uh, I was watching and taking notes, and Patty's watching in the background. I know she hated one of the two performances. She loved Halsey. She hated Hosier. So I know she hated the God of War one, but she loved uh, Halsey's performance. I just I, I felt that. I mean, I was like working at the same time. I was like. Okay, Game Awards was what Thursday? Yeah, I did it the next day. So I was yeah, I'm sitting there like playing, but I got into the song like as background music. I was like, oh okay, this is like, this is cool, and it kind of I don't know, I felt it. Yeah. Um, what was it? Uh, Tekken Eight looks great as always. Baldur's Gate looks interesting as a different kind of game, so I'll keep an eye out for that. Blue Protocol is interesting. I'll leave it at that. Crime Crime Boss Rock A City looks like it's gonna be fun. That, yeah, I, there was a, a 10 minutes of game... I think GameSpot put out a, a video that showed, like, 10 minutes of gameplay. Yeah. It has that payday feel to it. Like, if you love payday, yeah. you play this. Um, so that's at least a good thing. Um, 
Banishers, Ghost of New Eden is going to be good as well. Um, uh, what else was the other one? Meet Your Maker. If you are a big Mario Maker kind of person, I know this sounds silly, but if you love building your own levels like Mario Maker, but you want that roguelike shooter challenge, yeah, um, check that out. Keep an eye out for it. And then the last thing with the Cyberpunk DLC. That was only a DLC? I thought it was going to be def- a whole sequel. Oh, yeah. No, that's Phantom no. Liberty. Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty is a DLC. Gotcha. Yep. Starring Idris. How they're releasing oh, it. Like, I don't know if they're releasing it as a free expansion. Uh, no, I think it's a paid expansion. If I remember correctly, how much it is, I don't know. I don't know how they're releasing that. So keep an eye out like... for it. Hopefully they keep it manageable and not piss off people again. Yeah, that's fingers crossed. Hopefully they've but the la- I guess the last thing before we, you know, before anything else. Is it just me or did it when I watched it, when I watched it, did it take a while for you guys to notice the dude just chilling in the background when Miyazaki was getting his award and then, hit, you know how awkward he was on stage. You don't don't remember this at the end of the Game Awards? Miyazaki does his award. Then this long-haired dude comes up and, like, starts rambling nonsense. Apparently, like, look, when you, if you watch the Game Awards, look it up. Because, I think you you posted it on the chat. Because it was like that, it was kind of a short guy with long hair, and he was, like, walking towards the script, uh, walking towards the stage. Yeah. It was and that same he was guy? Chilling, he was chilling in the background, waiting for Miyazaki to finish his speech. And then at the end of the awards, here it is. He was arrested because, you know, for being on stage. Um, and he, here's what he said. And it, it's going to sound really weird. Um, but basically, he came with an interesting, like, almost like a, like a kind of a Jewish kind of accent, if you listen to it. But he said, you know, really quick, I want to thank everybody and say that I think I want to nominate this award to my reformed Orthodox rabbi, Bill Clinton. And then he walked off stage with Miyazaki and his crew. And we're just like, who the who are you? Like, who is this random kid on stage? And why didn't security pull him when he was standing behind Miyazaki for literally the 10 minutes before he came up? And we're sitting there wondering, how are you still on stage? Who are you? Like, how did this happen? And it's still, it's still weird um, that he was able to get on stage. Okay, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that was, that was odd to say the least. I've, I've seen, like, I've seen, like, the, the clips on, on YouTube or in the, in reports and I, I don't know, they need, they need tighter security uh, at the, at the Game Awards. Um, <sighs> But uh, but yeah, oh yeah. Speaking of which, so there's another there's there's another announcement that uh, piqued my interest. Uh, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, coming out May 26th. Kevin Conroy. Kevin. Yeah, I think this, this will is, be this his is final. His la- it's, it's his final Batman role. Yep, his final performance this... as Batman. Yeah. Uh, Probably get it and just shed a tear at the end. Ah, <laughs> uh, I know. I yeah. I, I know. Yeah, and it's developed by Rocksteady, so you know it's it's, it's going to be fun, I think, because I, I I do I do I do enjoy the Arkham games. Um, so do I. I I like the Arkham games were always great. I think this looks like it's going to be good for you know this this specific game. So I'm curious what Rocksteady's going to pull out because I don't know how uh, Gotham Gotham Knights was. Wait, did that come out this year? Or did, yeah. Didn't it? Yeah, it did. 
Yeah. Uh, completely forgot about it. Yeah, it's gotten mixed reviews at best. Uh, Gotham Knights. Um, He's. A, I heard their multiplayer. I heard their co-op was actually pretty good. Hmm. Yeah, a friend of mine rec- actually recommended it to me. Um. um what do you think of Behemoth? Behemoth. Uh, I'm trying to remember that game now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through my notes now to try to remember Behemoth. Behemoth. Who made it? It sticks out in my head, but it's not. It's like I, I the name sticks out, but I'm trying to remember who who yeah. like announced it. Oh, but another thing too before I forget. The Ghostbusters for the Oculus? That looks fun. I, I, you know what's funny? I wanted to buy that Ghostbusters game, the Ghost Spirits Unleashed. Yeah. Like that four-player co-op first-person action game. Yeah. I was tempted to look into buying that, but I ended up not doing it. Because I wouldn't have found four people to play it. But I think I'm curious. Like the VR one does, does is very curious as well. So I, I at least am glad that it's got a new market, and I also like that. Um, it's funny. I'm glad I need to play it again, but I'm glad that the Ghostbusters game that came out on 360 and PS3 came out this generation as like an HD upgrade. Yeah, definitely play that game. It's just called Ghostbusters as a video game. Okay, it's amazing. Like which it, was supposed to, like, it was supposed to be like the sequel to the 3. yeah. Yeah, it's, supposed to, it's, it's the unofficial Ghostbusters 3 because it has all the uh, all the cast playing, you know, voiceover roles, and you're like a voiceless protagonist, part just tagging along with the team and everything else. And it has the whole cast, which is amazing. So yeah, play that game. It's it's okay. it's very much worth it. Because I just wrote I just wrote these down as I was going along. Um, Immortals of Avium. I did see that. Oh yeah, it's it's a first person game. It's very much like a magic sorcery kind of game. Gotcha. So, sure, I guess. Oh, Behemoth. It's a VR game. I was that the one where the dude was swinging all swinging around that big like Titan giant person. I think so. Yeah, I believe so. Okay, that might be who I'm thinking of then. Yeah, I'm also I'm also happy to see that uh, Remnant Two was announced as well, like Remnant from the Ashes getting a sequel. I know, like, like yeah, I played I played a bit of the first one, and uh, it was one of the um, uh, free monthly games for the PlayStation Plus, and like the game the game's a bit janky, but it had it had its charms. I, I appreciated what they were trying to do. So hopefully Remnant Two will be a more polished experience, um, and I'll definitely check it out for sure. Yeah. Oh, what is this Transformers game that's coming out? Oh, the Transformers Reactivate. I I one. did see that. That's uh, yeah. That's we'll, we'll end it on that. But that's the one I'm like, what is this game? So at first I saw it, I was like, okay, it's this mech kind of game. You're these four survivors with a robot, and it looks post-apocalyptic. Cool. Then at the end they reveal it's Bumblebee, and I'm like. But this doesn't feel right. Hmm. Feels like a mix of cl- clash of, of uh, <laughs> clash of genres. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the whole for like, yeah, I have no, I know nothing of it. I don't know if you're gonna be playing as like Bumblebee or. 
Because I'm like, if you are, it's kind of like, you might as well just release it on VR, I believe. Says it's coming to yeah PC and consoles and consoles, but play TFR is the website. So I, I haven't looked at the website yet, so I'm not sure like you know what's advertised on the website. So I have to look that up. <laughs> what's funny is as I was writing the website down, I was like, okay, this is a website I'm gonna visit later on. I wrote play FTR, and I'm like, great, I got FTR on the mind. <laughs> Turn it on, yeah. Yeah, it look yeah, it looks very I mean Okay, a cutscene doesn't look bad. I mean it's all cutscene really, but Right, yeah, the trailer was all cutscene. New characters. I guess it's like they discovered. Yeah, it looks very it looks first person. But your bumblebee. Yeah, it's got like a post-apocalyptic vibe to it. Yeah. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, so you think... I don't know how I would feel about that, though. Hmm. Like a VR Transformers game? Yeah. If it was like... If it was released on Oculus, then yeah, I'll be okay. But... I guess, but if it's releasing on consoles, too, that... It depends. I need more. Before I can judge it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Any um. Yeah. As we wrap up, um. Any any other final thoughts about this year's game awards? I'm calling it already. T- uh, Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> I'm. You're gonna... like. You're like. What's my What are my thoughts on the game of the year game awards 2022? And a lot of us were just like, man, the game of the game awards have been weird the last couple of years, and mm-hmm. we already predicted the winner for next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Screw the rest of what happened this yeah. year, right? Yeah, I think that they should they should do away with the most anticipated game award because that one that's that award is just silly to me. The the because I feel it always it seems like it always predicts the game of the year. Well. Not always, but for the most part, it predicts the game of the year. So that the end, like I think last year's was Elden Ring. Mm. Like looking at it, so. oh now I gotta find it. Mm. Game Awards 2021. Here it is. I think last year's was Elden Ring. So I think Elden Ring. Yeah, because I think I remember there was a joke where Elden Ring won like two years in a row or something. Because <laughs> uh, it won last year's, and did it win in 2020? Now I'm curious. It's where is it? Multiplayer. Yeah, it won two years in a row in 2020 and 2021. For most anticipated. Yep. <laughs> well, so technically, Elden Ring's a four-time Game Awards winner. <laughs> <laughs> Let me. I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they need to do away with that anticipated category. That just doesn't. Yeah, I know. I know it's mostly for marketing purposes. But yeah, it's just silly. Yeah, it's a silly award in its own right because it doesn't really accomplish anything mm-hmm. if you actually think about it. It's just more of a spotlight of, hmm, like you know, like oh, okay, I see where we're going with this award, kind of a thing. So yeah. Mhm. Yeah, most anticipated. Eh, like, also they didn't do it last year. Oh no! It did 2019, which is the award, the first award show we covered as you know as part of the podcast. Right. They didn't have that award that year. I think it first debuted in 2020. 
uh, was it in 2018? I'll just go for as far back as that, and then that's it. Content creator, industry icon, nope. Esports, esports awards, don't care. Nope. Yeah, 2020 was the first year they introduced most anticipated. So so far we've had Elden Ring, Elden Ring, and Zelda. So that pretty much gives us everything we need to know. Yep. And then when we come back next year. Yep. So remember when you guys do your predictions next year, you already know which game to pick for game of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Unless Spider-Man Two comes out, then it's then 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 we have some questions. Oh yeah. Yeah, because uh, I'll have to keep an eye on the games that are coming out next year. Because sure. because for me, if Dead Space and Resident Evil are on that list, I got more priorities. I got to take it <laughs> than, than talking about Zelda. But I think Zelda I'll eventually buy, but uh, it's no, not top those priority. Take, those two take priority. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that does it for our, our Game Awards 2022. Like I said, plenty plenty of great choices uh, for this year. Um, yeah, well, uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely reconvene for next year's awards. Um, Elden Ring definitely deserved the top prize, so yeah, big ups to uh, from Software. Um, but yeah, God of War Ragnarok certainly no slouch. I'm gonna, definitely gonna finish that game before the year is out. Uh, so yeah, uh, once again, uh, Ed. Thank you so much for joining us just to get into some gaming talk. Really appreciate it. As always. Always always a pleasure to come on here. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, you can also find uh, our show on uh, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, um, Facebook Live every Tuesday evening, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, or also on any any podcasting platform. Just Google us. We're also on uh, social media on Instagram at Codex Prime Podcast and Twitter at Codex Prime Cast. And uh, Ed, uh, please tell us uh, where where can they find you? Yeah, most of the content that you'll see from uh, myself um, is through the Instagram page, Instagram.com/slash/GamerDelphia. You'll see a lot of the coverage that we have in terms of like any big games that are coming out, yeah. as well as any cons that um, myself and the Party Nerds uh, cover as well. And of course, any big events that are movie related, like any big releases, um, you can check out a lot of that content not only on my page but also at the party nerds on Instagram as well. Um, with the, you know, our last movie premiere, our biggest one to end the year was, uh, being at black Panther Wakanda forever yeah, was I'm our killing, last movie premiere. Yeah, I'm killing it with the movie premieres. I'm like, uh, it, it's crazy though. Like to think that like, man, we're actually doing Marvel premieres. Like that, that's what threw me off this year more than any other year that we've been able to do movie coverage. Like I remember last year doing mortal Kombat, the protege free guy, Free Guy was actually amazing. Like, don't give me... I love that movie. Um, it was act, like, I didn't expect to like it. I was like, oh, it's a Ryan Reynolds movie about video games. Uh, it kind of looks cheesy. But then when you watch it, you're like, oh, it's actually a pretty decent movie. It was actually pretty cool. Um, but no, being able this year to, like, do a lot of the other movie releases, but then be able to do Marvel releases, like, being at Thor, being at Doctor Strange, being at Black Panther, it's like, wow, this is this is huge now being able to do you know advertise those premieres same with jurassic world as well like those were amazing experiences this year that was fire yeah that was fire i was so happy i was so happy for you guys seeing that i'm just like i need to get i might gonna get i might gonna get in on this (laughs) yeah awesome 
But, but yeah, uh, once again. Well, same with you guys. I know you guys have had a big year as well, doing like, you know, all the stuff that you guys been able to do, especially Carl, like all the panels you've been hosting, like all the legends you've been able to meet. Like, bro, we got to switch pla- We got to switch places. Man, listen. <laughs> like, if I could be able to do a panel with Trish and Lita, like that, that would be like A plus tier. And the AEW panel, too. Oh, oh man, yeah, those those were a lot of fun. Like Trish, Trish is just an absolute sweetheart, though. Like no, I just go, like I just really go to like shake her hand. She's like, nope, give me a hug. I'm like, man, listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like that's the vibe I got from when you met them and everything. Like they just seemed like really chill. Like I I got a photo op with Trish at one of the comic cons. Like I, New I York, what, what, New York, yeah, they one of the yeah they one of the the paid photo ops with her, and she was super nice like that that whole headlock table that they always have every year at comic-con yeah everybody's so chill like she was cool uh jerry lawler was cool ddp was awesome yeah, to be a part yeah. of and get get getting the picture with the actual like big gold belt with ddp was like awesome that was like one of my favorite things at comic-con that was... yeah because i remember that yeah as a matter of fact I, yeah. I think i was with you that day was that? I think with Trish, I know, I, I know we. That, yeah. that's, the, that's the only time oh. I went to. Oh, and also, random. Here's the most random photo op, and I don't have a. Well, I have a picture of it, but I don't have a pose photo of it. You're gonna find this funny. So I forget which Comic Con it was, but there was a. They have a you know a um, LGBT lounge like for if you want to you know be an ally and everything else like that. Yeah. They'll have celebrities there as well that are you know for supporting the cause and you can get photo ops with them. Um randomly at one of the tables i don't even know how i came across finding this out but at one of the tables they actually had uh wwe superstars they had um they had Paige, now soraya yeah uh mandy rose and sonia deville doing autographs i have the like literally i just have a paper over here somewhere i think it's in one of my piles over here where it's just just their autographs that's it but and i the sad part is I got a picture with them. Scratch that. I did not get a picture with them. I gave my phone to the camera guy, and he was able to get pictures of me talking to them, getting their autographs, and me talking about the party nerds, and you know, me talking about the party nerds and everything else like that, and talking about the we were doing the cruise ship at that time as well. But because I was so hyped about talking about party nerds and just having fun with them and just having a great conversation all around, I never got a post photo. Because ah. I completely, completely forgot. Oh, hold on, Patty's taking over for a second. Yeah. And I met Lana. That that same year. <laughs> she was so sweet. I gave her a birthday card for Starbucks, and she hugged me and she DM'd me, and it was just like. Did she really? Re- life. DJ freaking Perry. That's all I have to say. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was that same year. She did the uh, Rusev and Lana uh, photo op. Uh, we both did, and then I did the uh, the Paige and Mandy Rose uh, photo op. Well, be it autograph with a missed photo op because I was too busy talking. Ah oh, man, <laughs> but it's it's so funny. I have the picture. I should have the picture up somewhere where it's just literally me just like talking to them and getting a high, you know, just doing high fives. Uh, and all I talked about I was party nerds. Man, y'all gotta come up here. <laughs> I, apparently I do. You guys are getting all the good stuff. Come come up here. Come up here. I'll send you the link for press passes. And I'll have to do that. 
yeah, that's all we're doing it now. I was like, do we really want to pay for cons anymore? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> same, dude. I, I'm with you with that, man. I, I, I've described my whole process with cons now, like just being able to try to do like the professional badges and everything else like that, trying to do at least not full price badges, period. Right. That's the thing. Yeah, and then when you just sneak it, it, to, the, sneak it to the side door, that was great. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> let's, get on, let's get on out of here because I got to get up tomorrow. <laughs> all right Ed. it's always a pleasure and uh yeah man we'll, we'll we'll definitely catch you catch you next time man all right sounds good thank you guys all right yeah, thank you all right. yep and as always we'll catch you on the flip people peace out nerds later <laughs>